Hi, and welcome to Follow's weekly message podcast. Thanks for joining us. We hope this message inspires you and helps you follow Jesus in your community for his glory. Here's the message. It seems like only yesterday that I was finishing my certificate for and my internship at a church in Horsham. In fact, it was 13 years ago. And I remember the day that I finished, I was like, man, you know what? I, I don't know what my future holds. I've just finished this church internship and the world's my oyster. I can do anything that I want to do. So I just finished a Christian internship. So I started praying about what God wanted me to do. And as I was praying, I was also researching different options for, for what I would like to do. And Christine was pregnant at the time. So the thought of providing for a family was in there. And I started looking at plumbing and you know what, plumbing is not the most glamorous job, but you know, once you're fully qualified, it pays pretty well. And I thought to myself, you know what, I could do plumbing. But the more and more that I started to pray, the more and the more God started to put in my spirit, Adam, I've called you to ministry, not to plumbing. So I prayed even harder because you know what? I was convinced that maybe God had this one wrong. So I prayed into it more and I'm, God, are you sure it's not plumbing? It could be plumbing. And he kept telling me over and over, Adam, I've called you to ministry. And like every good Christian, the next day I signed up for a 14 week pre-apprenticeship course in plumbing. And uh, I went and did that course and I did pretty well. In fact, I was one of the best in the class at learning what had to be learned and, and making the things that had to get made. And I thought, you know what, this is looking pretty good for me. I'm going to be a pretty good plumber. After the 14 weeks, it was time for everybody to send out their resumes and to see if they could get a job. And every single person in the class got a job except for me. And it was pretty quick when I realized, you know what? I shouldn't have done this. God told me to go into ministry and I didn't trust him. And you know what? It's not just I didn't trust him in that space, but I didn't trust God with my future. And that's a really interesting thing. You know, last week, Luke talked about trust. And we're going to dive a little bit further into that. And we're going to look specifically at trusting God with our future. Proverbs 16.9 says, We can make our plans, but the Lord determines our steps. How awesome is that verse? You know, and sometimes us making our plans and God determining in our steps, they are one in the same because we prayerfully seek what God wants and we listen to him and we do what he's told us to do. But what if, bear with me, just maybe our plans are not always God's plans. And I have to believe that there's not many people watching this today who are shocked by that statement. Like, what? What do you mean God's plans aren't our plans? They're always the same because they're not. <laughs> you know, we can make our one-year plan, a two-year plan, a five-year plan, a 10-year plan, but the reality is things change. Spanners get thrown into the mix and twists of this journey we call life happen and see us in a totally different place than we thought we were going to be. And sometimes that's external factors, but sometimes that's God. And when God moves in that space and he changes our plans on us and the things that we thought we were going to be doing, we aren't doing because he is determining steps that we didn't plan. I believe there's two reasons that he does that. The first one is this, is it was never aligned with God's will in the first place. 
like my plumbing course. It was not something that God wanted me to do. And he threw the spanner in the work and I couldn't get a job. And I, I ended up having to reseek him and actually start listening to him, which I hadn't done previously. You know, so often what we do as, as Christians is that, is that we come up with this great idea or something that is, it's great. It's a really good idea and it will serve the kingdom in some way, shape or form. And we work so hard at it and we say, hey, God, can you come and bless this thing that I'm doing? But that's backwards. What we should be doing is saying, God, here am I, send me. Where are you working and allow me to be part of that? And the second reason, because, you know, some of you might be thinking, hang on, but there's things that I know God's called me to, and then he's shifted me and I've gone in a different direction. That's because for those seasons, God wanted us to learn something, to grow in something, to become the people that he's called us to be and the way that he's built us to do a certain mission. And that season has just changed. But regardless of which one it is, is that when God brings that change, it is really, really, really hard. So the question is, how do we respond when God changes things? How do we respond when we're not certain of the future? How do we respond when we are scared because we can't see what tomorrow might hold? And I think there is an amazing biblical example of this, of somebody who was doing one thing and God entered the fray and then they were doing another thing. And you know what? To be honest, there's actually hundreds of examples. That's kind of God's thing is that he changes people's lives in radical ways and sets them on a new direction. But I want to focus on one today, and that is a guy, we all know him, his name is Moses, and we're going to be looking at the story of the burning bush from Exodus chapter 3, and it goes like this. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There, the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of the bush. Moses stared in amazement. Though the bush was engulfed in flames, it didn't burn up. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. When the Lord saw Moses coming closer to take a look, God called to him from the middle of the bush. Moses, Moses, here I am, Moses replied. Do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, the God of Jacob. When Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. Then the Lord told him, I have certainly seen the oppression of my people in Egypt. I have heard their cries of distress because of their harsh slave drivers. Yes, I am aware of their suffering, so I have come down to rescue them from the power of the Egyptians and lead them out of Egypt into their own fertile and spacious land. It is a land flowing with milk and honey, the land where the Canaanites, Hittites, Amorites, Perizzites, Hivites and Jebusites now live. Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly the Egyptians abuse them." You see, Moses had just come from Egypt, you know, not long earlier. <laughs> he was a prince. He was, he was, he grew up in Egypt. And when he realized his heritage and accidentally killed an Egyptian, 
You know, his head was on the chopping block and he got out of Dodge as quickly as he could possibly get out. And he found this place and he found Jethro and he, he got married and he started to make plans for his own life, plans for peace, plans to be a shepherd, to have a wife, to raise children, to not worry about the people in Egypt and the fact that he was a wanted man. He just wanted to live his life in peace. You see, Moses had made a plan for his own life. And we do the same thing, right? Right now, it's uh, that time of year where year 12s, you're finishing up your exams and you're waiting. In the not too distant future, you're going to be getting some numbers. And those numbers you're told will plan out and map out your entire future, which isn't true. But that's what you're told. And you have an idea of what you want to do with your life. And you've planned out, at least for the next couple of years, what you want your life to look like. The same for all of us with jobs. Maybe we've just started a new job. Maybe we've just lost a job. Maybe we've got a promotion. But in our, in our job sphere, we know what our, our climate looks like and we know what tomorrow might hold and we plan accordingly. I get to go on holiday because I have this job and I can save up this amount of money. You know, we have our plans. In our relationships, maybe your relationship has just broken down. Maybe you've just started one. Maybe it came out of nowhere and you know what? Now I've got to figure out what my life looks like with this new relationship or now that I don't have a relationship. Our health. Our health changes all the time. Maybe you've just got news that your health is, is fantastic. Maybe it's not so good and you've got to look, okay, I'm going to make a plan. How's my life going to look now knowing my health situation? Government changes, obviously huge in America right now. So many people, and even in Australia, are thinking, man, what is life going to look like for us now? Uh, we've sort of start making plans and thinking, how are we going to manage with this governmental change? And you know what? This last year has taught us anything is that we know change. This pandemic has caused us to reevaluate, okay, what are we going to do going forward? Because life has changed so drastically. You see, Moses' plan for his life was to avoid the pain in Egypt. That was his plan. So what's your plan right now for your life? I was going to say get a piece of paper and a pen, but then I realized, you know what, this is 2020. Get your phones out. Go to your notes, your notepad in your phone. And I want you to write, my plan for my life is blank. And fill that in, in your own time. What is your plan for your life in regards to your job, in regards to your schooling, in regards to your relationships, your health, your finances, holidays, government, pandemics? What is the plan for your life? You know, Moses, I reckon when he was, had, he had his plan set out and when God starts telling him about, you know, this is what's going on in Egypt and I'm going to answer the call, there had to be some level of Moses going, I'm a little bit uneasy where this conversation's going because I've got my plan sorted out and I feel like God's about to throw a spanner in the works. And that's exactly what he does. God telling Moses, now go. For I am sending you to Pharaoh. You must lead my people, Israel, out of Egypt. You know, God called Moses to a higher purpose. <laughs> something, something bigger, something better, something different, something huge, something kingdom-focused. 
You see, we have plans for our lives, but they only go so far. The plans that God has for our lives go beyond so much further. Ephesians 3.20 says, Now all the glory to God who is able through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. God can do way more with your life than you can do with it. And his plans are so much higher than your plans. In fact, they are so high, you can't even think about the amazing things God wants to do with your life. But what we have to do is that when when that change comes, we have an opportunity. And we have an opportunity to see that as a nuisance or an opportunity. Man, when God changes our lives, we have to, you know, we can easily sit in this space of, God, you've you've just changed everything on me. This is frustrating. I'm really upset at you, God, because this is what I was going to do. And now I don't even know what tomorrow holds. Thanks a lot. Or we can look at it and go, you know what, God, you are calling me to something different. I may not even know what it is yet, but I know that you want the best for me and you want the best for your kingdom and you are going to amuse me in mighty ways. I am looking forward to this journey. Because when it comes down to it, God is looking for people who are crazy enough to do what he asks. That's a polarizing statement. God's not looking for crazy people. Let me show you what crazy callings look like. It is crazy for Abraham to leave Ur on a promise. It is crazy for fishermen to drop their nets at the, at the words, follow me. It is crazy for Saul to alter his entire career and life after a heart change. It is crazy for the old man Noah to spend nearly a hundred years building a boat. It is crazy for a virgin to carry a savior. It is crazy for Esther to stand up to a king with boldness and courage. It's crazy for a man to listen to a call to walk on water and do it. It is crazy to shout at a wall and expect it to come crashing down. And it is crazy for Moses to leave the peaceful plan he had and head back to Egypt. God is looking for people who are crazy enough to do what he asks. You see, Moses' plan was to avoid the pain in Egypt. God's plan for Moses' life was to answer the pain in Egypt. You know, in your notes where you've written, my plan for my life is, you know, under that, I also want you to write, God's plan for my life is... And see how they're different. Really and honestly, pray into that space. Really listen to what God's saying to you. Are your plans for your life the same as God's plans for your life? Really open up that conversation with the Lord. God, what do you want with my life? Where do you want me to be? I don't want to just go where I want to go. I want to go where you want to go. I want to do what you've called me to do. I want to be an impact for your kingdom the way that you've called me to be. And here's the thing about trusting God with our future and having that conversation is that it is scary. It is absolutely frightening because we, (laughs) we know our shortcomings. We know us, you know, and God told me, Adam, you know, I don't want you to do plumbing. I want you to do ministering. I'm like, uh, uh, God, do you know me? Do you know who I am? I know who I am. You want me to do ministry. Do you know how much I make mistakes? Do you know how much I fail? Do you know how sometimes I struggle with my prayer life? Do you know how much sometimes I struggle to read my Bible? And you want me to go into ministry and talk about you to others and actually show people your kingdom and help people to walk in your kingdom. You want me to do that. God, I think you've made a mistake. 
And like for all of us, we have that conversation with God. God, what do you want me to do? Be prepared that the answer that God gives you is going to arise that reaction in you. God, I don't think you, do you know me? I don't think that you've got the right person here because I can't do what you are wanting me to do. And Moses had that exact same reaction in Exodus 3, 11 and 12. He says, but Moses protested to God, who am I to appear before Pharaoh? Who am I to lead the people of Israel out of Egypt? You know, Moses is right. Who is he? He's run away. He's scared of the Egyptians. He's not someone to, he's a stutterer. He's got a a speech impediment. How is he going to go in and do that? You know, someone in our life comes up to us and go, oh, I don't know if I can really do this. I don't know if I've got the skill set. And, and you know, we're, we're encouraged. Have those conversations. Raise them up. Inspire them. Encourage them. Yes, you can. And we start noting people's amazing qualities. Look at this and look at that and look at X, Y, Z and all these amazing things that you've got. You know, I expect God to have that same conversation with Moses. Oh, come on, Moses, look at this. You know, you know the people. You've been there. You know who you're talking to. You know, you've got all these skill sets, X, Y, Z, but that is not what God says. God says in verse 12, I will be with you. You see, it's not Moses' qualification. Moses didn't have some pre-existing skill set that made him the most qualified person to go to Egypt and see the Israelites free. Moses' qualifications is purely that God went with him. You know, trusting God can be like that. It was nearly a year ago, actually it was about a year ago now that Christine and I were getting ready to leave uh, Warrigal. And God had told us, have faith and jump. Go into the next season and when 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 you've jumped, I'll show you what the next season looks like. That's scary. You know, I had a I had a uh, a job. I was actually had a paycheck. I I was providing for my family. We had a house. We we had a school that we were going to, and you know, we loved our church, and everything was fantastic there. And God told us to move into a new season, so we packed up everything, sold a bunch of our stuff, put everything in our trailer, hooked it on the back of our car, and we just went. You know, we, we slept in swags for, for seven weeks, nearly two months. We were in swags. We had no idea what God had next for us. We traveled up to South Australia when we could, um, and we traveled around and we, and every single day we had the question, I wonder what God's going to do with our lives. And the crazy thing is, is that we had a peace that surpasses all understanding. Not once in that journey did Christine and I sit down and look at each other and say, we, I think we've got to be worried. We don't know what tomorrow is going to hold. We don't know if, you know, if God's actually got something. Maybe we didn't listen properly. Maybe this isn't for us. You know, maybe this is too crazy. Not once did we have those conversations because we knew that we were going with God. And let me promise you and write this down for anyone who is going through a change in your, in your life right now, in your, your season of change, write this down. Trusting God with your future does not mean you know the destination. It means you know your companion. I'll say that again. Trusting God with your future does not mean you know the destination, but the compa- uh, companion. You know, we had no idea that we were going to end up at Follow. We had no idea what to, uh, that we were going to end up in Pakenham. We had no idea about our kids' schooling. We had no idea about a job. We had no idea about anything. But we knew that God was with us. And in that season, we had all that we needed. 
which was mighty and able God in heaven. So for you guys, for anyone watching who's going through change right now, who doesn't know what tomorrow might look like, and it's uncertain, and that future is really foggy, let me remind you that God is with you. And He is all that you need. And when you lean into Him and trust Him, the Creator of the universe, you'll get a peace that surpasses all understanding. And if you're watching going, that's not really relevant for me. I've got a, I've got a two-year, three-year, four-year, five-year plan. I've got a 10-year plan. I know what my life looks like going forward. Well, if you've put plans together before, you know that you know, very rarely you get to the end of that plan and it looks exactly the way you planned it. And remember these words, for even if in the future God throws that spanner in and he wants to take you in a new direction and turn that ship, is that you have all you need. You have the creator of the universe as your companion. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I want to thank you for who you are. I want to thank you that even though that we plan out our steps, that you've determined them beforehand. That we can make our plans, but, but you know our future, God. You've built us for a specific mission and a calling. And God, even though the future can look uncertain and, and scary and, and, and unsure, we know that you are unchanging. You are the same yesterday, today, and forever. Lord, I ask that you would surround your people with peace. For everybody watching, God, that you would surround them with peace, with encouragement, and that you will remind them, God, that you are with them. In your name I pray. Amen. Have an awesome week. Thanks for tuning in to Follow Online. To stay updated, go to follow.church. As the people of God, let's stay connected and follow the words of Jesus to love one another.